0: your presentation what's up everybody happy new year welcome to episode 142 of the untitled movie podcast i am one of your hosts matt roerbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin matt
1: it's award season and with that comes voting time and with that
0: voting time one last call for screeners before they expire today uh did you uh, you're, uh, did you vote already
1: no i've got maybe Ooh, i voted one, a
0: week ago bro
1: one more movie to watch i try to get like As at
0: much this in. point yeah where i know, just give up and i go you know what <laughs> this is i'm voting on what i'm voting on
1: i get set in my ways and then i'm done you know uh,
0: i uh, i voted not like i voted Fairly recently, but I, I got it done. I I was happy with my choices. Uh, I won't spoil what I voted for. um If you, I mean, you know what we loved this year, so you probably have a good feeling uh, of what we voted for. We'll talk about all of that on our Critics Choice Awards post show next week. Uh, but this is going to be a little, yeah, award season preview. We've already kind of done that, but specifically Critics Choice, uh, which is this Sunday. Uh, January the 15th uh, on the CW network. Um, you guys can watch the critics choice awards and see which awards Eric and I contributed to. Did our votes matter? Did they not matter? Um, you'll have to tune in to find out, um, tune into the critics choice awards this Sunday, January 15th on the CW network. Check your local listings. Um yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, it, it is exciting every year. Like, when you sit down and you uh, you finally go, I'm going to vote now. Okay, I'm voting for... I really loved this movie, I can tell, because <laughs> I'm voting for it a lot um, in, in numerous categories. So, I'm excited to see how it all pans out this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's always nice to be a part of a group and and kind of, you know, put in your two cents and then see if there's other people or enough people that share that passion with you in, in certain categories, or if there are certain films that, you know, have that uh, capability of making it into uh, a nomination, you know, and, and like, you look at something again, like RRR or after sun, like there were enough people that saw the film and it connected with that voted for it. And it made it into those two movies, made it into certain categories where it's like, again, Something like RRR, you know, starting its kind of run back in the spring of last year and now becoming even maybe a little bit bigger than just like a cult classic in, in North America. Um, it's this is strangely gratifying to know that there are people that are excited to go and see it uh, in a theater, you know, if it's available to them and... You know, movies like that are the the ones that kind of are always the the biggest surprise, I would say, you know, the, the, the films that you're not expecting to do uh, as well mm. or what they do in terms of their achievements and their accomplishments where, you know, something like the Fablemans is kind of like, OK, that makes perfect sense that it would be nominated for all of these awards. But then you have, you know, a, more a like movie. the
0: Fatalmans because it's fading from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Fablemans. I just. Oh, uh, um, uh, Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's just like one of even something like every everything everywhere all at once. It's like a movie that maybe wasn't like again on paper really a, an awards movie, but you know the 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 change in terms of what we perceive to be an awards film is changing as well. You know, like there are movies that are more kind of conservative in their estimate of like a biopic or a you know a music biopic, which is always <laughs> kind of like the classic you know catnip for awards (sighs) voters especially
0: best actor best actress it's like wow what a great impersonation give him an award
1: yeah they put in fake teeth and have prosthetics great uh but then you get something like everything everywhere all at once and that's a movie that kind of feels like it's both meaningful in where it's coming from because it's personal to the filmmakers in, in being very specific, but there are universal connections that you can attribute to your own life and how you feel. And then on top of that, it's just an incredible spectacle um, of, of a movie. So all of those things translating and then connecting to a wider audience and kind of building over time and having that momentum, you know, and, and, and lasting as long as it has, again, a movie that was released very early in 2022 and we're still talking about it now you know every time ki hui kwan wins an award it's just really wonderful to see him you know accept it and 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 give really lovely speeches and 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 you know like probably one of the best performances uh of the year so yeah it, like those are the things that i think are the most gratifying uh when it comes to um watching these things or just even being a part of them you know like those little moments of being like oh i maybe you know contributed to that in a small very small little way and getting you know like this person nominated or you know this film (laughs) recognized a little bit more and that's the ultimate goal is that you want more people to see the film or filmmakers or the performances that you love the most in the year before
0: mm-hmm. no I totally agree yep I am um, uh, I'm happy with the nominees I think we went over them when they um, when they first came out and we'll talk about awards in general I know that the DGA nominees have come out what else has come out lately it's Sag. no sags yeah it's Sag PGA, not yet yeah. right no, no no oh PGA's have Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. when did that happen
1: that was yesterday
0: oh my god we'll go over all of that Eric's the the master of all this stuff so the master the of true. disaster where i'm uh i'm just along for the ride you know I, I love the oscars i love our voting in the critics choice and um i love you know every year i feel like we have the same conversation of how you know it, it i think to your point which you which you just made is like yeah you just want to showcase some of these films whether they're underappreciated or maybe underwatched or maybe they're huge hits and stuff like that too but you still want to kind of um you know celebrate them i think that's what award season is is wonderful for right because we got to sometimes get out of our own little bubble whether it's film twitter bubble or just cinephile bubble and realize that not everyone saw a lot of these movies right like RRR, yeah it's huge with people that we know that have watched it but it's i don't think it's and it's huge around the world it was a global hit but like you know i still don't think like you know when you go to our parents like i don't think they've got to RRR yet right like no uh there's start like obviously top gun's big representation there for for dads and moms everywhere but like um But yeah, even I'm so glad like my parents gave everything everywhere all at once a shot and, you know, have been going on Disney Plus or or Netflix when these movies drop. And even if they don't get out to the theater much, uh, you know, the other night they threw on, I felt so bad for them. They're like, we watched uh, Amsterdam. And I was like, guys, no, (laughs) not not. We're talking about awards movies, but just they'll throw things on on Disney Plus. But they also watched Glass Onion and loved it and, and things like that. So. Um, I've been hearing both things from Elvis. Be it, you know, people either love it or hate it, which totally makes sense. Uh, I'll get messages from a friend being like, "Have you watched it?" And I'm like, "I, I, I did, but not. <laughs> I did not enjoy myself." Um, and you have people being like, "I absolutely adored it." And that movie, you know, doesn't surprise me that it's made it as far along as it it has, but um i'm just kind of excited to see how it all nets out so um, now if
1: austin butler wins the oscar will he ever stop talking like elvis that's the real question right because
0: he just keeps using the accent right like yeah that,
1: and like, it's so weird because like i was watching what video is his the,
0: actual accent
1: he's he's got a southern accent but it's not like like that as thick is it like deep and brooding because everyone's like he's
0: from anaheim right yeah (laughs) yeah like like he has Um, a bit of a
1: southern twang like there's like there's a really funny video on youtube that shows you the before and after the making of elvis and before he's just kind of like a normal guy very kind of like laid back and likable and affable in that way and then post elvis it's like guy come on like let's
0: He's you know, committing I, to the bit, right? Like, it's just like you you do that for these conversations or for people to be like, oh, that's him. <laughs> that's the Elvis guy. Um, I don't know. Whatever. But I mean, even Rami Power Malik
1: didn't him. do that after playing Freddie Mercury. You he know, took like...
0: the horse teeth out. and like, <laughs> he kept uh, them in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just threw out the whole thing. Never shaved the mustache. Um but yeah, I don't do you how do you want to go? Do you want to just go through Critic's Choice right away and kind of just go through the nominees? Do you want to go through PGA, DGA, SAGs? What do you want to do?
1: Yeah, I think we should maybe just do Critic's Choice and then kind of go from there and just maybe just even just talk about award season in general because it does feel again, like it's it's just a very interesting mix because you are getting also more populist films this year really becoming contenders because again, expectation versus reality, but who would have thought that Top Gun Maverick would have been a best picture contender? You know, like nobody would have saw that a year ago from, you know, like been able to predict that and let alone being the, you know, one of the biggest movies of last year. I mean, obviously Avatar has kind of taken that crown now, but um just thinking about that as like an Oscar film, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of funny to think that like, that's the movie that. People would embrace. Yeah, like Kaczynski Cruise. made it in
0: for in the DGAs, right? Yeah. Like, and, that's, I wild. mean, that's,
1: that's one thing that we could talk about right off the bat with the DGAs that. Um, There are no women in uh, the the DGA nominations for best director. There are obviously for first time feature filmmaker, um, but there's no Sarah Pauly in that category. There's no
0: Charlotte Wells. It's just like Gina Prince Blythewood. Yeah, yeah, Um, it's just
1: it's 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 completely void. And and again, like it's obviously there's no rules in terms of you know having a certain amount of parody when it comes yeah, to like, male wh- versus female. But
0: we talk about this every year, dude. Of how, what's the best way to like, kind of tackle that? Like, do you go Oh, it's 10 nominees and it's five and five now, but then that gets tricky with like people who are gender neutral or, yeah. you know, and, and, and things like that too. And, and um, that gets really tricky. Like if you separate it, like with best actor and best actress, I think that's taking a step back almost as well. like, I don't even think the actor category should be necessarily separated, but I don't think you can combine them at this point because we've gone so long with having them separated. And I think there's pros and cons to doing it both ways. Right. Like, you know, the pro of that parody that you talk about. um, But the con is like acting is acting and directing is directing. Right. And, and, you know, but how do you it's hard you can't tell your voters to vote a certain way right like you're putting in the people that get nominated and like is it a you know unconscious bias that you know a systemic kind of bias in a lot of these organizations yes because I feel like if you look at the people that have you know throughout history have been members of these these, you know these guilds and things like that like you have you see organizations trying to make that parody more even in their membership. So it's reflected more in uh, in its nominees and, and, and things like that, but we're still not there. That's for sure. Unfortunately.
1: No. And, and again, like, it's just one of those situations where like, I wonder how many movies people, individual voters see, and do they see enough in terms of the, the, the broad spectrum of, of watching movies from a diverse point of view that's, you know, even just like an international aspect. Like, obviously the Academy Awards and, you know, Critics' Choice and SAG and things like that and DGA and PGA, they're, they're American-based institutions, but film itself is an international art form, you know? And, and even yeah. that, like, I mean, that discussion came up last year with something like Drive My Car being brought into directing and Best Picture, you know, and there was a time where you know, people like Akira Kurosawa or Fellini movies would be considered on par with anything that was being released in North America. But there has been this kind of divide over time where it's always going to be American first or English speaking first, and then, you know, international movies second. And international movies, again, can also mean from, you know, Europe. It doesn't necessarily have to mean from a country that doesn't speak English as their first language. But, you know, the, the cinema isn't one language. It's 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 multiple perspectives and points of view coming in and making art, you know? And when you think of something like you know, uh this year there there are a number of films that could be considered for more than just international film, you know, just to put it into that one category. The same way that like Guillermo del Toro has been talking about um, you know, animation as as you know, not just for children and not just simply relegated as as a cartoon. You know, it's there's there's more work that goes into making an animated movie than simply just saying, Hey, you know what? We'll give you an animated Oscar and nominate you in this yeah. category. So, yeah.
0: I would love to see GDT's Pinocchio make it into, you know, best picture uh, or production or, design or, production, or something yeah.
1: like that. Like, I mean, sometimes animated mm-hmm. movies obviously do get in to picture or screenplay. Um, but yeah, like just like something that's a little bit outside of the norm. Like, I mean, even like looking at something like, Marcel Duchamp with shoes on like you know the editing of that movie and how that movie's constructed yeah. or even with documentaries like documentaries you know Hoop Dreams is one of the few times where the film wasn't nominated for uh best documentary uh, that year which it should have been which is baffling but it was nominated for editing you know and 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 a documentary still has never been nominated for best picture and then again obviously All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is an amazing film, but it's more niche and maybe polarizing than um, some of the more commercial um, narrative films. So that will be passed over for a Top Gun Maverick or a Black Panther Wakanda Forever or Glass Onion because obviously there are 10 nominees in Best Picture and usually the bottom... Three or four are usually the ones that are kind of, you know, maybe not the passion picks that are the ones that are just kind of, you know, on somebody's list of 10, they'll be in the slots between seven and 10. So um, when it comes to preferential balloting, so... You know, those are the movies that are going to be those final few, but it's just a shame that something like (laughs) all the beauty and the bloodshed, which is a really, you know, potent movie and kind of gets its message across perfectly, but does so much more than just being like a standard, you know, um, portrait of somebody's career and actually has something to say about what's going on in the world now that could be a wonderful movie to put in the best picture category. But again, I think documentaries are even more relegated to their one category than even animated films.
0: Yeah. I agree with you completely. Um, I feel like we have very similar conversations every year, right? It happens. And it's going to happen again. So yeah, until it happens, right? Like it just, until it becomes like a regular thing. And again, you don't want to force certain nominees in there and, and things like that like you have to have the blockbuster one the animated one the documentary one the whatever like I guess the best films make it in based on on your voting um people who vote for your awards so um yeah I don't know it's uh I, I don't know I think we'll be having some of these conversations for a while until someone breaks that glass ceiling and an animated picture wins best picture or documentary or, or anything like that. Like I hope we see that uh, sometime soon. Um, let's fly through some of these and I can get your thoughts about award season as a whole. We'll save critics choice for the end um, since that's the one we uh, vote on. And we'll just kind of end the show with a uh, kind of previewing the critics choice awards for this Sunday uh, on the CW. Sunday? January 15th. <laughs> um, So let's start with the PGAs. So we have the Daryl F. Zanuck Award for Outstanding Producer of Theatrical Motion Pictures. You have Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, and The Whale. Uh the whale getting in there is interesting, but I guess people probably respect Darren Aronofsky quite a bit. Um yeah, un, like this kind of makes sense to me. I I I think like what's interesting going through all of these things is you're seeing like a a, a different group of 10 films all the time or or between is this 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, yeah, 6, 10. 7, 8, 9. Yeah, yeah. Um but, yeah, you get, uh, you know, um, the Russo brothers back in the awards race with everything everywhere. Great. You always forget that they're producers uh, on that movie. Um, you got Kevin Feige in there. You have James Cameron. So you got some big, uh, big name people. And you got a big Netflix movie. You got Spielberg in there. Baz Lerman, um. The top gun maverick makes it in so what do you think about the pga nominees are you anything surprising or
1: yeah i think the whale is the one kind of film that's surprising because it has been divisive with critics for the most part but it does seem to be doing well with audiences and even people within the industry you know you have the brendan Fraser. uh comeback narrative you have the the fraser sauce or whatever they're calling it so that's partly there and it's also you know a film that has played the festival circuit but is getting you know had a late year release in december so now it's kind of you know getting a little bit more of a push because of, you know, that late release, so people are catching up with it still, right? So, like, even with SAG, you saw, you know, Hong Chow get nominated for um, Actress in a Supporting Role, and, you know, again, like, everybody thought, okay, maybe Frasier would be the one nomination uh, when it comes to the Oscars for for that, and maybe Adapted Screenplay, because that category is so weak. Um, but 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 even Best Actors a weak category this year, um, it, or so it seems. Anyways, depending on how you look at it. Uh, so yeah, it's just interesting that like again you have a lot more of a populist kind of um, grouping of films with Top Gun Maverick, with yeah. Glass Onion, with Avatar. Black Panther, with yeah. So like you have movies that you know Elvis audiences. Even, e- yeah, yeah, and I mean even everything, everywhere, all at once. I think more people have seen that film than you know, probably they would have five Yeah. Yeah. Where those films kind of, you know, died on the vine, so to speak, and, and had shorter theatrical release windows where, you know, Tom Cruise was keeping Top Gun Maverick in theaters for as long as possible. And I feel like James Cameron is doing the same thing with, with Avatar and Elvis kind of kept going and going and going. So yeah, you have more of a populist 10 than you do any kind of obscure Art house movie. I guess the most obscure art house mm. film would be tar on that list, yeah. you know, in, in, in a way, because it's the one that's that's most kind of austere and polarizing in terms of, you know, you're either on board with it or you're not. And the, the whale is as well. But the whale, I think, is for different reasons. Yeah, I think um, it
0: still is weirdly more accessible than tar.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so like I think those are the, the most interesting things where you do have more – like maybe you'll have more people tuning into the Oscars overall because of these bigger films that people have seen because then they'll be rooting for the movie that – you know, they liked when it was released theatrically and which like, is definitely again, what the Academy
0: elaborate. and ABC probably wants, right? I mean, yeah. I know we scrapped that popular Oscar, <laughs> thank God. Um, what the hell those The Flash uh, enters the speed
1: yeah. zone or whatever God, the force? That,
0: that was also the worst. And then we also have the award for outstanding producer of animated theatrical motion pictures, where you have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel, the Shell with Shoes On, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. uh I wouldn't even be surprised if this is the five for animated. But yeah,
1: maybe with the exception of Minions, I I could see yeah. something else coming in. Except just because, again, like Minions almost feels like the one that is is almost too populist in in I that agree. way, where it's not an
0: art. Where if something smaller might movie. bump it out or something, yeah. right? Like. I could see that. Uh, Moving over to the DGAs for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Theatrical Feature Film. You have Todd Field for Tar. You have Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. You have The Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. You have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin. And you have Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. So as Eric mentioned, no women nominated, uh, you know, you have six nominees five or six people nominated five different nominees but um yeah you know what this I'm surprised Kaczynski made it in to be honest um but that's just the power of Top Gun Maverick this year like I I I am kind of surprised to see him everyone else I guess I'm not so surprised Spielberg and Todd Field making it in McDonough making it in um and then I'm glad that Daniels did, but uh, how do you feel about this uh, group?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple ways to look at it. it. The Kaczynski thing is interesting because he hasn't actually really been nominated anywhere else. This award season, like the, it, it, like he hasn't. I think that's why I was surprised. Yeah. Um, where the DGA, which is a very male dominated uh, awards yes. body, you know, went for him. And that's partly because of the power of, of, of film and Tom Cruise. And, and I mean, it is a well directed movie, like, I think, like, I agree,
0: or, yeah, you know,
1: it is something that you don't want to take for granted, but you know, but like, I don't
0: think of it being like, oh, it's because of Joseph Kaczynski, why Top no, Gun Maverick is great, no,
1: especially when Spiderhead was released in the same year, <laughs> yeah, where you're kind of like, okay, well, obviously, one of these things is not like the other, and like, there's not a consistency, consistency when it comes to, like, I think a big part of what makes Top Gun Maverick sing and why it's been nominated and winning a lot of the awards in that category is for cinematography. I think that yeah. that, that, that that's the thing where like it could be mistaken for direction. I mean, yeah. And, and Kaczynski they is a They go hand in hand.
0: Guy. I Yeah. They go hand in hand. Don't get me wrong. Like Kaczynski a capable guy and he does a great job with Top Gun Maverick. But I just don't necessarily go like if you took Joseph Kaczynski out of that movie and put someone else there. It's more Tom Cruise than than Joseph Kaczynski, right? Well, even like, Christopher uh, McQuarrie coming yeah, in and doing rewrites, and doing, you know. Yeah. So like I'm not trying to like again, I I I've listened to some of Kaczynski talk with Brian Johnson and other people during this award season. And like I like the guy. I just um and I even like, you know, uh, uh Oblivion and um did he do Tron Legacy?
1: He did, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like Tron Legacy. Um, like it's fine. It's not a great movie, but I think it's fine. Um, like entertaining. The score actually does a lot of the heavy heavy lifting there. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like if you take him out and pair someone else with McCory and Cruz, not anyone could do that job. Like you still have to be a competent director, but I don't necessarily go that movie's great because of Kaczynski's direction. So he's like the one that I was kind of like, Oh, okay. I don't know if I would have voted that way, Uh, but obviously direct other directors respect him. So
1: yeah, the editing and cinematography seem to be the two things in that movie that really do also keep the momentum of that film going and, and, and are so strong. And I feel like those are the two things that will be more consistent in terms of their, uh, uh, you know, awards wins and things like that. So with Kaczynski getting nominated here, I mean, I, I, I don't, think he'll get nominated for for an Oscar I think I he'll be think the so one either. that'll kind of I it, it, the Daniels I'm also still kind of up in the air with as well I hope they make be, it in but I I do too but like the Daniels are interesting because they are mm. a duo and they're not brothers or they're not siblings so the, the 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 DGA and the academy and and certain guilds and unions always have this thing where it's like if it's a duo there it, it's it's harder to get nominated and that's why like for so long Joel Cohen was the sole even though both Ethan and Joel Cohen directed equally all the movies that they've made up until Tragedy of Macbeth um Joel was the sole direct credited director director yeah. and and Ethan was like the credited producer because you know like there was this thing where you can't have be a duo, a duo right yeah. yeah and so with the Daniels they've, like
0: they've loosened that quite a bit but it's still even the Daniels talked about how hard that is even in the DGA yeah to stay as a directing duo meaning if you say your directing duo, you could never direct without the other person, or else. They'd and Daniel like, Scheinhardt
1: directed yeah, without Daniel Kwan, and they got so, mad at them. <laughs> yeah, so I I could see, like, I mean, this is this is good that they got in for that, but I could also see them being the surprise snub in the Oscar nominations because of that. I think they make it in. Uh, right. I, I I do too. I do too. But if, if there is a reason for them not making like a it shock
0: surprise, yeah,
1: that would probably be the reason why, but them making it into the DGA, I think is, is pretty good Um, in terms of just like cementing them into that final uh, five. But yeah. And then with the other, the other two that are kind of interesting, just looking at it from just like an interesting perspective is that, both Martin McDonough and Todd field are guys that are known also as writers. You know, they've been nominated before as writers and, you know, Martin McDonough having a a theater background uh, field being an actor turned director, but his previous films being nominated for screenplays, but being passed over as a director um, is interesting because now you have both of them in the directing category and so it's like almost like they're being because i mean martin mcdonald was nominated in the d j before for three billboards but he didn't get nominated for an oscar for directing uh, three billboards he was snubbed that year so it'll be interesting to see if both of those guys get in for the oscars because again i could see maybe one of them being you know passed over because they're considered writers and their nomination will be for you know original screenplay and that's good enough you know where yeah um that would make room for somebody else but again like going back to like the joseph Kaczynski thing it's like i mean on a guy that's gotten nothing this year and should be not should have been nominated a couple places for directing is someone like jordan peele like i mean talk about like how he made a a spielberg-esque movie and like that's that's a film that really is about the direction, you know, as much as it, yeah. it is about the the, the <clears throat> social commentary about exploitation. So I think those are the, the, the interesting aspects in that category and obviously the omission of, of you know, uh, no women uh, like not having Sarah Polly in that group is is and women talking not doing as well as yeah. people were thinking is kind of a bummer. So
0: I agree. I think I would swap Sarah Polly for you know, I didn't love Tar, or again, even Kaczynski, and I think Spielberg's like a like an obvious. Like, of course, he's nominated. I get it. He's um, probably gonna win.
1: Like, I think he's gonna win the Oscar for directing again because he's he's won two before for schindler's list and saving private ryan and then he also won the uh, producing for saving for schindler's list pardon me so schindler's list he won two and then saving private ryan he won the directing oscar so he he has three in total but he's also steven spielberg so it's like why not give him yeah. more so like because he is the quote-unquote greatest director ever um but it's 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 strange because like I would arg- I would give that argument more to someone like Martin Scorsese because Martin Scorsese only has one Oscar, which he won for The Departed, for directing, right? Where it kind of feels like Spielberg does have two directing Oscars already, so it's not yeah. like you know he's been hard. done I just done don't by know if people way.
0: think about that stuff. Like I just feel like they vote with their gut or their heart, and uh, well, they're Spielberg voting in the moment, Spielberg, right? right? You and Spielberg know? being Spielberg, like I still think like, even if you don't think it's the best directed movie of the year, I think it helps that you're Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, and you're telling so, yeah, a we'll personal see.
1: story, right? It's, like it's, yeah. it's Spielberg's, it's Spielberg's origin story, you know? So like
0: that so, also really does. Of him sell. becoming a director. So yeah. give him a directing Oscar. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. And then you also have outstanding directorial achievement of a first time theatrical f- feature film director. I always love that the DGA does this. Um, I think I when we talked about ideas of what the Oscars could do to add uh, different categories, obviously stunt work, uh, casting, casting are the two that we bring up all the time. But I would also love like a best first feature. Um, Oscar, I think it would be a wonderful addition, whether it's you know first-time director or just it's a first film kind of thing. You just nominate the film. Uh, uh, I, I would be a hundred percent down for that because I feel like if you want the Oscars to become this like, okay, here's the last year, here's the future, like the past, present, and future of of film. I feel like you need to kind of adapt a little bit, and you can do that with awards with the way that the production is of the show. And I think starting with like a best first feature would be a really great idea. So I'm glad the DGA goes out of their way to do like first time theatrical uh, directors. Okay. Let's go through the nominees here. Um, Alice. Is it Diop? Yeah. For for St. Omar. Alice. Yeah. Alice Diop for St. Omer. Audrey D1 for happening. John Patton Ford for Emily, the criminal Uh, Antonetta Alamat. Kusonovich for Marina. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that Marina got in here. And uh, Charlotte Wells for uh, After Sun. Um, I love this this group of nominees. This is awesome. Marina totally criminally underwatched. Emily the criminally underwatched. Um, <laughs> small a small movie no one saw. I saw that TIFF, not last TIFF, the TIFF before that, right? Yeah. Um, and. I uh, watched it with my wife, who is from Croatia. It partially uh, takes place uh, there. Um, a solid little movie, so nice to see uh, Antonetta make it in there. I just watched uh, Emily the Criminal, an excellent little thriller. Uh, so nice to see John Patton Ford there. And obviously, Charlotte Wells with After Sun After Sun is, is fantastic. I have not seen Happening or Saint-Omer yet. Neither have I, and
1: I do want to catch up with them both. And And I haven't seen... Uh, marina mm-hmm. either and so i have all those ready to go like i just had to get through all the the nominated stuff for the yeah. choice before i could get to the stuff that i kind of could watch more leisurely i guess in terms of just catching up with uh but that's what january's for right like it's to catch up with this stuff before sundance <laughs> so, before plane <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um Cliff Curtis, star of Avatar The Way of Water, is in Morina. So he's just in all the water movies this year.
1: And he was also, um, I mean, Scorsese is an executive producer on Morina. So, yeah. You know, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, he is. Um, so, and great to see some, you know, great women nominated here as well. Yeah,
1: four so, out of the five, you know,
0: which is, that's how they, they're like, okay, well, <laughs> it's just so stupid. But like, it's great to see that. It's just, um, you know, the parody But it's almost weirdly like
1: a consolation prize, though. It's like they yeah. won't
0: put you and you know any women or non-binary. It's almost like related. women just started directing movies, so they're in the first time yeah. uh, feature. You know, it's just like you roll your eyes at it, but when Charlotte um, Wells I
1: think I, should be in both categories. So you know. I,
0: I totally agree. Um and now the SAG awards quickly before we get into Critics Choice SAG. Um, I gotta skip over television. Sorry, that's we do talk about TV, but not in an award sense. Uh, I guess some of these are television movies. No, I'm gonna skip those comedy series. Comedy series. Am I accidentally on the television one or uh, as you can tell, I am. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um. Okay. Starting with outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All At Once. And Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All At Once. Uh, do you want me to just go through them all and we'll talk about it as a whole or each yeah. category? Yeah. Okay. Um, outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Paul Dano for the Fablemans. Brendan Gleeson for the Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, Barry Keegan for the Banshees of Inishirin. Ki Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Eddie Redmayne for The Good Nurse. Uh, outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. You have Kate Blanchett for Tar. Viola Davis for The Woman King. Uh, the Woman King. Anna de Armas for Blonde. Danielle Deadweiler for Till. And Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And then you have outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. You have Austin Butler um, as the titular Elvis. You have Colin Farrell um, for Banshees of Inishirin. The titular uh, Banshee.
1: Have,
0: yeah. You have brendan Frazier as the whale uh, or in the whale. Um, and then you have Bill Nighy uh, as the titular living man in living. Um, and then you have Adam Sandler uh, in hustle.
1: Uh, as the titular and, hustle.
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. Uh, you have Babylon, the Banshees of Inishirin, everything, everywhere, all at once, the Fablemans and women talking. And then you have outstanding are we going to go into the stunts? Yeah, let's, get, yeah, let's yeah, give the stunts some love. Come on. Yeah. We've been talking about that. Outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture. Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Top Gun Maverick, and The Women King. Uh, Eric, anything stand out to you in these nominees? I'll start with Adam Sandler making it in for Hustle uh, is awesome. Um i think is having stephanie shu and jamie lee uh curtis both getting nominated i think is awesome um and i like that babylon and women talking they're almost like uh well the individual performances they're great but when they all come together now you're talking. now (laughs) now it's like now it's an ensemble uh you know now you're women talking yeah, so Babylon and women talking, which didn't really show up uh, anywhere else, right? And even no. Fablemans, I guess Dano shows up, right? But yeah,
1: well, uh, well, that's the thing that I find most interesting is the Michelle Williams uh, omission. Hey, there.
0: I, maybe people were seeing what I was saying after I saw Fablemans a little bit too much overact. Uh,
1: well, I don't even think it's that. I think it's that. I think part of it New is really it's a split vote of terms of where her category placement is this happens all the time where you'll have a performance. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I got into this on, on, on Twitter, you know, where I mentioned like, Oh, I, I could see Kate Blanchett, I could Kate Blanchett. I could see Michelle Williams ending up in supporting. And I still could see her getting nominated in, in supporting uh, for the Fablemans when it comes to the Oscars, because there has been president where, Either an actor has campaigned in a different category or the studio has put them in a different category. And then the Oscars ultimately say, no, you know, you're going in this category. And the two great examples of this are Kate Winslet in The Reader, who that whole season back in 2008, she had two movies that she was in. Reservation Road with Leonardo DiCaprio directed by Sam Mendes and The Reader. And Reservation Road, she was put in the lead category and then the reader, she was put in supporting. And throughout the entire season, she was showing up in supporting for the reader and in various categories for lead in Reservation Road. And then when it came to Oscar morning, she was snubbed (laughs) for Reservation Road, but was nominated in lead for the reader. And then you go back to the 70s in 72 when Al Pacino wanted did the same thing that Michelle Williams did. He said that he wanted to campaign for lead for The Godfather because he is a co-lead. He is next oh, yeah. to Marlon Brando. I mean, he's, he's in more of the movie than Marlon Brando is. Um, but the whole season he campaigned for lead. And then the nominations came out for the Oscars. He was nominated for supporting along uh, with Robert Duvall. And um, why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, It's because there were three nominees for supporting actor that year. I can't believe I'm blanking on this. This is so embarrassing. Um, I'm having a bit of a brain fart. I don't
0: don't know any. No, but I normally
1: know this stuff. But uh, so Robert Duvall was nominated for supporting. um, I'm trying to think of the third guy who was in there. It was Al. Oh, James Caan. So James Caan, Al Pacino, and um, uh, Robert Duvall are all nominated for supporting, and Pacino did not go to the Oscars that year and um, protested it because he didn't want to be nominated in that category. And then when The Godfather Part Two came out, he was nominated for actor in a leading role. I'm not saying The Fableman's Part Two is going to come out and Michelle Williams sure. will be nominated yeah. for, for <laughs> yeah. lead then, but but because she made the decision and she has every right to obviously to go with what she feels she deserves to be. But because I think a lot of people are seeing the film and seeing that Paul Dano and Michelle Williams aren't the lead characters and that it's from the point of view of, of Sammy Fableman that there there's some confusion there. And maybe that led to her not being nominated for lead because she's, wants to go for lead and she yeah. probably like that's the thing that the, the the whole the the other interesting part of that is that this whole season was that before she announced she was going for lead she was the front runner even before people saw the movie
0: um to win for supporting
1: to yeah to win it like she had like a home run basically like it, like it was, she like, might the still end.
0: then make it in for supporting that, yeah but now point, that right? angela
1: bassett has kind of created the narrative yeah. of being overdue herself i feel like even if michelle williams because michelle williams could kind of split the vote completely right and not get in lead act what would happen
0: if it? you got enough votes for both lead and supporting
1: i think there's been something something happened with that where i was talking to someone about that where
0: like if that's you were in the, in the top past. five. I, yeah, I think like, you,
1: I think you make it in the one that you have more votes in or the one right. that's like,
0: like a higher you, percentage of, yeah. of, of votes or I whatever. Think that, yeah.
1: I think that happened with um, Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the black Messiah. Like he was actually in both, like people were voting for him in both lead and support. And he had
0: enough to be in, but that'd be funny. He win for both supporting and lead. <laughs> well barry um, Fitzgerald yeah, that's was
1: nominated for lead and supporting for uh going my way the the movie the bing crosby movie but that was back before they changed the rules oh so for my, the same role yeah and he won for supporting but he was nominated in lead and supporting but this again was like see? back before the before regulations changed, it. Yeah, yeah. changed and now like like it's interesting because again like you don't see like you can't have one actor even in two different roles I don't think nominated in the same year. I don't I don't think you can. But director you can because I remember Soderbergh was nominated for both Aaron Brockovich and Traffic uh in I'm sure you can be nominated
0: for two different films. It's just like the, same, the same nominee twice. In the same category, category? yeah. I don't Why think couldn't it
1: happen though? That I would be interesting. Sworn, but maybe know not know at the Oscars,
0: but somewhere else. I feel oh, like no, I've no. Seen I think that. you
1: can. I think you can somewhere else. But like, but I think you got to think in the Oscars. Before.
0: In the Oscars, I don't see why not. Right? Like, if you, it's probably never happened because the way people vote, they they pick one performance that someone yeah. you know was better than the other, and then they probably give someone else a shot. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, whoever get example. I don't know. Like if. Um, you, well, know, if you michelle had a, william if you had a big name ahead.
1: that's in like two like i'm like Di, like dicaprio is like the perfect example of this sure like back in 2006 dicaprio had both blood diamond and the departed he got nominated for blood diamond for acting, but he could have
0: possibly get nominated for both right like yeah, i guess but they put him supporting in, with Depart- in sag yeah
1: so that yeah. also maybe confused people as well so
0: but i wouldn't it, it, it doesn't make sense to me how you could go, well, you can only be nominated once. If it's two different performances, you should be able to be nominated twice if both get voted in.
1: I don't disagree, but I don't know if there is a rule or not with that as well. Because it's like, again, like it's it's almost like, is that because, again, with directing as well, yeah. like it's it has happened at the Academy. But I'm not sure if it's happened where one actor has been nominated more than once for two different performances. Um, Or if there is a rule against that specifically, because I could see there being a rule against that, but I don't, I'm not sure. So.
0: It is not possible for the actor to have multiple nominations in the same category. She or he can have one in supporting and one in leading the same year, but cannot have two nominations for best actor or supporting actor in the same year. That's so interesting. I just don't, I guess you would just only put in who whoever whatever role got more votes to your point, right?
1: Yeah. And then again, this, the, the, the supporting and lead thing happens a lot. Yeah. Like the last time Yeah, it you had Scarlett Johansson, Johansson, right? And yeah, a, in Emma Emma Thompson, Holly Hunter, like, Jamie Kate Fox. Lanchette. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that's happened a lot, but like yeah, there's never been Two yeah the you same. can't
0: in the same category that's so interesting because i'd be like why the fuck not if i was great in two films i should be able to take two spots if i'm better than these jabronis that are, <laughs> are also like uh, like if you do two great um that's interesting um yeah all right Well, whatever i was wrong yeah uh, i mean colin all right, farrell can't
1: get nominated for both after yang and
0: uh banshees so. And Batman. Give him three. Oh, I mean, <laughs> like, he would be supporting. Oh, supporting. Like, right. Nah, yeah. give him lead. Give <laughs> lead, him lead for Penguin. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. Let's move over and finish off with the Critics Choice Awards, which are this Sunday, January 15th, um on the CW. Make sure you watch them. Uh Eric and I would really, really appreciate that. Um it's at 7 p.m. six central on the cw so go check that out on sunday here are the nominees and eric and i will i think we've already kind of gone over them but we can kind of just discuss so for best picture you have avatar the way of water babylon the banshees of inishirin elvis everything everywhere all at once the fablemans glass onion a knives out mystery rrr tar R, RR, uh top gun um maverick women talking uh, i'll just go through everything eric and we can just talk about it all so at cool. once uh, yeah best director you have way <laughs> a lot of people um james cameron for avatar the way of water you have uh, Damien chazelle for babylon todd field for tar the daniels for everything everywhere all at once boz lerman for elvis martin mcdonough for the banshees of Inisherin. sarah polly for women talking gina price blathewood uh uh bythewood for the woman king ss Raja for rrr steven spielberg for the Fablemans. for best actor you have austin butler as the titular elvis you have tom cruise as the titular top gun maverick um <laughs> you have colin farrell for the banshees of inishiran you have brendan frazier for the whale you have paul mescal for After Sun. you have bill nighy for living uh for best actress you have cape Blanchette as Lydia Tar in Tar Viola Davis uh, as the, uh, in the Women King Daniel Deadweiler uh, in Till, Margot Robbie in Babylon, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Supporting actor, you have Paul Dano for The Fablemans, Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inishirin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Inisherin, and Ki-Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. For best supporting actress, you have Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Jesse Buckley for Women Talking, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin*, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Janelle Monae for Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Best Young Actor-Actress, you have Frankie Corio, uh, Coro for After Sun, You have Jalen Hall uh, for Till. You have Gabrielle LaBelle for The Fablemans. You have Bella Ramsey for Catherine Called Birdie. You have Banks Rapetta for Armageddon Time and Sadie Sink for The Whale. Best Acting Ensemble, you have Banshees of Innishir and Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, uh, The Women King, and Women Talking, for Best Original Screenplay, you have Todd Field uh, for Tar. You have Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. You have The Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. You have Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inisherin, and you have Charlotte Wells for Aftersun. Uh, for Adapted Screenplay, you have Samuel D. Hunter for The Whale. You have Kazo Ishiguro for Living. You have Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. You have Rebecca Lenkiewicz, uh for She Said. You have Sarah Pauly for Women Talking. For cinematography, you have Russell Carpenter for Avatar, Avatar, The Way of Water. Avatar. Uh, you, have, uh, you have Roger Deakins for Empire of Light. You have Florian Hoffmeister for Tar. You have Janis Kaminsky for The Fablemans. You have Claudio Miranda for Top Gun Maverick. And you have Linus Sangrin for Babylon. For editing, you have Tom Cross for Babylon. You have Eddie Hamilton for Top Gun Maverick. You have... Steven Rivkin, David Brenner, John Rafua, and James Cameron for Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, you have Paul Rogers for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Matt Vila and Jonathan Redman for Elvis and Monica Willie for <laughs> Tar. Um, best. I'm just getting loopy. I'm not laughing at people. I'm just like, you know, when you read a name that you're just not yeah. expecting, Willie is one of them. Great name. It's just like at the end of this, I was well, like especially for a movie. last
1: name, right?
0: Um, <laughs> best costume design ruth e carter for black panther wakanda forever jenny egan for glass onion uh shirley kurata for everything everywhere all at once katherine martin for elvis gersha phillips for the women king and mary zofras for babylon production design hannah uh, uh, Beachler and Lisa K. sessions for black Panther, Wakanda forever, Rick Carter and Karen O'Hara for the Fablemans. I should just say that no offense to these people. I'm just, uh, but I'm going to go through it. I've committed, uh, Dylan Cole, Ben Proctor and Vanessa Cole for avatar, the way of water, Jason, Cole. Kiz Varde and Kelsey Ephraim for everything, everywhere, all at once. Catherine Martin, Karen Murphy and Bev Dunn for Elvis and Florencia Martin and Anthony Carlino for Babylon. Um, I'm not butchering like usually when we do this, when we read like, uh, you know, titles for movies at a film festival, I'm horrible at it, but I'm doing OK. All right. I mean, Alex Reno to- will be the judge of that. Alex, let me know. Uh, give me a score out of five on Letterboxd for this reading. Uh, best score, Alexandra Desplat for um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Michael Giacchino for ba- The Batman. Hilder Gundututur for Tar. Hilder Gundututur for Women Talking. <laughs> Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. And Johnny Williams shares a birthday with me February 8th uh, for The Fablemans. Uh we got best song Carolina from Where the Crawdads Crawdads sing. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ciao Papa. We have Ciao Papa from Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Hold my hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift me up from Black Panther. Natu to, Natu to from yeah. RRR and New Body Rumba from White Noise. Um man Natu to, Natu to up with some heavy hitters. Um from you know with lady gaga taylor swift uh rihanna um uh, lcd sound system so that's that's kind of fun uh best hair and makeup babylon the batman black panther wakanda forever elvis everything everywhere all at once the whale i forgot how many categories there were uh best visual effects avatar the way of water the batman black panther wakanda black panther wakanda forever uh everything everywhere all at once rrr top gun maverick Best animated feature GDT's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, Turning Red, and Wendell and Wild see wendell and wilde is in here over minions that's what we were talking about earlier uh best comedy the banshees of initier and bros everything everywhere all at once glass onion triangle of sadness and the unbearable weight of massive talent and finally best foreign language film all quiet on the western front argentina 1985 bardo false chronicle of a handful of truths uh close Decision to Leave and RRR. There's also two special awards, which is the hashtag See Her Award, uh, which is being given to Janelle Monet and the Lifetime Achievement Award that is being given to Jeff Bridges. Whoo! I need a breath. Eric, how do you feel uh, about everything leading into Sunday? For someone who hasn't voted yet, where I have, so...
1: Uh, you know what I mean? Again, like it's it's interesting because there's a lot of good stuff there, and obviously, like the best director category having what ten nominees is is a lot. It's a but lot. Also, but but it's also not because there are a lot of names that aren't there that could be on that list
0: as well. Oh, I'm glad uh, I I like the idea of showcasing more. Like, even yeah. though people might laugh that there's, you know, six nominees in each category and things like that. Like, I don't know if it lets you get someone in there that isn't really being showcased in other awards uh, ceremonies, even as a nominee. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm not against it either. I mean, I I do prefer symmetry when it comes to like five per category, but at the same time, it's like. It's, this isn't the Oscars you know like this is this is a critics group so why not highlight some more movies that you know aren't maybe necessarily going to be an Oscar contender but again you have a film like nope that is nowhere on that uh in any of these categories and that's a real shame because I feel like in some of them it like for just visual effects even or cinematography like that's like it felt like a no-brainer you know and and it's so weird that that movie, has got been shut mostly out. shut out I mean Kiki palmer has, has shown up and and again talk about the category thing where she's been nominated for supporting by certain critics groups, and it's like that's a lead performance, and even Universal put her in supporting, but i mean that's 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 a lead role like that's you know a co lead. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, movies like that, I think, like, it, it's just always interesting where it's like, even when you have more than what is expected in each category, there's still going to be films or performances or directors or writers that are snubbed. I mean, even something someone like Park Chan Wook for Decision to Leave or Tang Wei for that movie, like, you know that film being nominated in one category where a lot of people thought like, Oh, maybe it'd be a film that would kind of venture out of just international feature. So um, yeah, it's, it's always just interesting. Like what's kind of like put in, in those categories and how sometimes, you know, not just the critics choice awards, but in general where everybody seems to kind of go with what's expected. Like there's no kind of branching outside of, The norm and saying like not because you you want to go against the tide but like you know pick the thing that you actually want to not necessarily the thing that you think is going to be nominated for an oscar you know and and like that's the whole point of showcasing or reflecting what was the year you know And, and yeah and every year there's a film or two that kind of feels like it goes by the wayside or maybe even a film that you don't like that maybe has something in it that is actually really good. And, and, you know, like you could be like, Oh, I, I really think that this deserves to be nominated even if it's not going to be nominated in any other, you know, awards groups, you know, it's like nice to kind of give that film a a heads up. So yeah, yeah, it's always interesting that way.
0: Yeah and I like seeing things like RRR and SS Rajamouli make it in right because like I know we have 10 nominees which the Oscars and and other people do sometimes as well um but like having that many director nominees like it lets someone like Rajamouli maybe sneak in there right or maybe if it was only 5 you're seeing that same 5 pop up that we've seen in the DGAs or or other places as well um someone like we mentioned like letting gina uh, prince uh bythewood and, and sarah paulie make it in not saying that they wouldn't have made it in with the five um but it, it again it lets you showcase more directors more people and like uh after sun showing up as often as it did in in the critics choice awards where you haven't really you know critics groups are the ones that have been championing that movie it just got the toronto film critics association best film of the year um and, which Eric and I don't uh, vote in that or anything but we are from Toronto and know a lot of people in the TFCA um, but seeing like Paul Mescal show up and after son Charlotte Wells show up in, in in a couple spots there too or you get some of the acting nominees that maybe wouldn't have made it in like uh, um, you know Janelle Monet or uh, you know uh, Brian Tyree Henry and and things like that and uh, that you haven't really seen pop up in other areas so that's why I'm always okay with like a lot of nominees and things like that even though some people can kind of poke fun um at that with my voting like not to spoil anything because who the hell knows if people voted with me like i when it came down to it it was a lot of everything everywhere all at once for me like it was just it really what i said on that review back in march is like if i saw a better movie this year we'd be we'd have a really really good year and You know, there were a couple movies that contended with it like RRR and I loved Babylon even a lot and um, Top Gun Maverick a ton. So like as I was going through, it was so great to even have movies sort of compete with that, you know, that one movie that I loved so much. Uh, But as I found myself voting, I was like, oh man, yeah, I really love everything everywhere all at once because when I'm pitting it against these other movies, I'm like, you know, it's that one that in that perfect spot where I'm like, I hope enough people agree with me. Um, and it seems like, you know, it's showing up everywhere and uh, all at once. And um, like uh, in my heart goes, would I love RRR to take this as a surprise? Yes, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Like uh, RRR making it in best picture is a win, right? Like, yeah. I I think like I think
1: it could uh, win song, though. I think so. Oh, I think absolutely shot.
0: I hope it wins. I I want to see them perform at the Oscars so bad. Um and I want it to beat all those heavy hitters cuz I think that's awesome. Like and I think they have a strong shot at that cuz I think that is the spot where that movie will get its, you know, flowers or whatever. Like it, you know, it, it won't really show up probably anywhere else other than uh, you know, probably just best song at the Oscars, right? Like, I mean, it could likely. have a shot in Best Picture because like, I hope you have so, enough people
1: like, who are like. I know, like, I mean, this is only one example, but I know, like, Adam McKay was very adamant about him, like, he was saying, like, I'm going to be voting for this as my number one film. So if you have, and like, I
0: think it has those people that really love it, especially in yeah. the Academy and other places too. They keep doing huge screenings. They just did one at what festival was it? Beyond Fest or something? Yeah, like Beyond. that um and they're really kind of pushing it i would love for it to show up um in and, and the then
1: there's Oscars. some people that haven't even seen it yet and then there's also the thing where like a lot of people are and this comes from a place of i don't think it's it's necessarily mean-spirited or what have you but there's still a lot of people that are watching it and, and mistaking that it's bollywood it's Tollywood. you yeah. know like like that's the other thing where it's like people aren't educated on it and kind of maybe feel overwhelmed by like do they know enough about the film and the filmmaking and the you know some of the 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 controversy that's come out with it with the with the sort of propaganda the historical propaganda and things like that so there's all of those things as well to contend with when it comes to a movie like that where something like top gun maverick is more like it's 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 a really great movie i mean i love the film but it's a safer choice weirdly <laughs> in terms of like what it's selling you and how it's selling you on that and you're kind of aware of like yeah it's still also propaganda like in and in, in what have you but um yeah there's just something about like uh, you know, not only is it an international film, but it's also a movie that is an industry onto itself that people aren't as familiar with in North America. So it becoming a breakout success the way that it is, is almost having, you know, mentioned it before is almost a reward onto itself Yeah, and doing as well as it has. Like, it's just it's really kind of gratifying that people from all walks of life are, you you know, especially if they get the chance to see it in a theater, which I think is oh, the most the is the best way to see it. But a lot of people are watching it through Netflix. Right. And they're watching not the, you know, Telugu version. They're watching, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the Hindi the, version. The, yeah, the Hindi version. So you know, like even then it's also know, dubbed are...
0: in English now too. on yeah. Netflix, so. I saw, I saw a clip from that. And it, I mean, all the yeah. songs are still in, in yeah. Hindi, but um, all the dialogue is in English. And part of me wanted to see if they were going to translate the songs into English, which they don't, that would have been the most entertaining part to see how they would have adapted that uh, yeah. into English, but they don't. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with all these nominees. I'm excited. I hope for some surprises. I hope we do pick some surprises. I hope, you know, it could just go the way of some of these other awards um, shows and, and, you know, critics associations and stuff like that. And maybe the same films will pop up. But I, I like a little chaos as well. Right. Someone brought that up, like hopefully a different film wins the PGA, the DGA the sags in the critics choice or something. So it's just, no one has any clue of like who the front runner is uh, come Oscar time and stuff like that. So it could be kind of fun if just different people keep winning. Like there are some people that like, I, you know, Ki Hui Kwan might just, you know, sweep every award show kind of thing. Like, I which he has so. been. And yeah, it's also and-
1: it's a, it's a great story, right? Because narratively, like I mean the performance is excellent. uh Waymond is is a wonderful character and 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 he gives an a, an amazing performance. But there is that kind of narrative of the comeback as well where like, you know, you have this former child actor who, you know, 30 years later um has this second chance as an actor and realizing how You know, Hollywood is trying to make up for the fact of the lack of diversity in film roles and kind of pushing this, you know, kid to the side and basically forgetting him. And, you know, like it's also just really interesting to see it like at a year when Spielberg's being nominated as well.
0: Right. Because of the Temple of Doom thing. So well, um, even that connection with uh, Brendan Fraser um, with Encino Encino Man, Man, I thought was really sweet as well. So, yeah, like he's someone like Angela Bassett keeps showing up, like you said um i'm always team michelle yo but who knows what could happen with the best actress uh thing best actor looks like austin butler is almost like the front runner now and, is, like, and he's gonna t- talk like that forever yeah like um where i would love a surprise of like tom cruise randomly winning <laughs> or something like that yeah. or paul miscalo like yeah, morbius. yeah sure yeah so i'm excited i tandem. would pick jared
1: leto for morbius over austin butler i'm sorry <laughs> i i I don't. I'm really starting to get annoyed by by him. And I feel the like movie. every
0: musical biopic um, recently, you're just like, I can't deal with these anymore. And I can't Rocket, deal Man, with the Rocket Man though Rocket Man. Rocket Man's Taren great, Engerton. and the one that wasn't celebrated. What <laughs> no, the hell? <laughs> I know. And Terence
1: Egerton only got a SAG nomination. He didn't get an Oscar nomination for for rocket man great performance amazing performance
0: and a fun ass movie like a yeah. fun movie that doesn't take itself too too seriously i remember when that movie started though and i was like "Oof, woof. yeah those first know.
1: five ten <laughs> minutes are rough but then once Taryn egerton comes in you're like yeah
0: oh this is a blast yeah. yeah yeah anyways um That does it for this episode. It was a kind of awards preview slash the 28th Critics' Choice Awards preview. Uh, We'd love it if you guys checked out the Critics' Choice this weekend. Um, It's on the CW network. I keep mentioning that. 7 p.m. Sunday, January 15th. Uh, uh, Please watch. Eric and I uh, love participating in it every year. It's one of our favorite things. Um, it's, you know, awards can be silly, but it, it, I, again, I think there is good that comes from a lot of these things and showcasing these movies. There's so many different ones that you can watch. Um, but you know, give the critics choice a chance. I think it's, uh i even though we're members so we're kind of biased but i do think that it is um it's fun to participate it's a good group of people and um i i'm looking forward to watching on sunday and seeing what wins and and we'll kind of break everything down next week of um revealing what we voted for and what won i think that was fun we did that last year where see if we contribute to the winner or if did we try for something else and our, and our pick didn't get chosen. So uh, we'll break down the Critics' Choice Awards next episode. Um, but uh, please go check out some of our other shows. Eric and I just launched uh, a brand new podcast called The Cast of Us, which is recapping and reviewing uh, every episode of HBO's uh, new series, The Last of Us, which also premieres Sunday, January 15th, but at 9 p.m., Uh, on HBO and then right after that at 10 p.m. Eastern new episodes of the cast of us uh, will go up where Eric and I break down the the newest episode that just aired on HBO so go subscribe to that or You'll, you'll find the video versions on YouTube as well. Uh, just search Matt Rohrbeck or Eric March on podcast services, you'll see all of our podcasts pop up. Uh, the last two episodes of the Untitled Movie podcast before this go over our 23 most anticipated films of 2023, as well as our favorite films from 2022. If you want to kind of get a sneak peek at probably what we voted for um go check that out um as well as a new reviews for the last of us like i mentioned we have a full review of season one of the last of us uh spoiler free both on untitled movie podcast and the cast of us podcast um and then we also have a review up for plane which you guys can check out which what i mean spoilers it might show up next critics choice Awards. you don't know (laughs) maybe Maybe somewhere. Um, So go check that out as well. Uh, One-stop shop for everything is Untitled underscore movies over on Letterboxd. As always, uh, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck.
1: And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on Rogerstv.com slash CinemaScene and on the social medias at EM6211.
0: Until next time.
1: And the winner for Best Picture is... Morbius.